Has anybody ever been to the ocean and you see how the tide goes out and it's like an ebb and a flow? It's called an ebb and a flow. It's actually the two phases of the tide um, or any movement of water. The ebb is the outgoing phase when the tide drains away from the shore and the flow is the incoming phase when the water rises again. And if you read my blog this week, you'll kind of get a handle on what the ebb and flow is. And uh, the Lord's been really speaking to me about the ebb and the flow because I like the flow better. I like when everything, you know, it's, it's, it's like things are happening and it's like, yes, and it's easy and you can just sit back in the water and flow along. I don't really like the ebb. There's a few reasons why I don't like the ebb and we're going to share about that. But I think most of us like when everything's flowing along and we don't like when, you know, you've got to stand there on the shore and, and it's like, what are you doing, God? And you're waiting, Yeah. Um, but the Lord actually repeatedly says, and that's Psalm 27 that um, the kids read out before, is wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous and wait patiently. And when we're in the ebbed phase, we actually have to be brave because your head's going to scream at you, the world's going to tell you you're nuts, and everybody else who doesn't get you is going to probably go, what are you doing? And so the ebb is one of those funny places that's hard to be. It's easy in the flow. But the ebb is actually a really important. And um, so I want to share with you some things I've learned about the ebb. Because um, it's a lot. You know, life is about both the ebb and the flow. If we just had the flow, I don't know if we'd appreciate, appreciate it as much. Yeah. When we have to wait. And um, it's, where, it's where our faith is growing. It's where our believing gets put to work. It's where the muscles of our walk with God, actually grow. Because the flow, you don't really need to use your muscles. You just lie back. But it's in the ebb that we have to build faith muscles and get strong. And um, who's, who's ever been in an ebb phase? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But if, if the ebb phase is when things we are hoping and believing for seem way out there. Anybody got some way out there things that they're believing for? Yeah. If you don't, God wants you to. He'll actually leave you in the ebb <laughs> to get you to believe for more. He says, believe for more. You know, we're here to go from faith to faith. When you've been in the flow, you know what? He's going to go, okay, start believing for more. And then you get into the ebb again. It's like, oh. <laughs> but that's because then we get bigger on the inside. We, we're to be people that grow and grow from year to year, that we're bigger on the inside and in our spirit and our capacity than we were last year. So when you're in the flow... It's cool, but no, there's an ebb coming. And when you're in the ebb, just relax. Do what the Lord leads you to do because there's a flow coming. Ebb, flow, ebb, flow. So you don't, you, we, we can rest in the goodness of God that whenever, whatever phase of life we're in, whatever season, that it's not going to last. All things, all things pass. Yeah? So the ebb is just important as the flow um, because it's in the ebb that... Um, we actually learn to be able to handle what happens when things are going great. It's when the ebb that we learn to have the faith to stand and to stand regardless of, you know, sometimes it's actually harder to be closer to God when everything's going great because it's like, oh, it's easy and, and we don't, unfortunately, we don't press in as hard sometimes. We get busy with the, you know, the blessing. And we don't draw close to him. And, and, you know, the Lord says that. He says, watch out that when you have your houses and, your, and all your land and everything's going great, that you don't forget me. And Malachi says that. So it, 
when we're when we're in the ebb, it has consequences as to how well we handle it. Are we set up and prepared for what is coming when the flow brings those things we are looking, hoping, and praying for come to pass? Because in the flow, we receive answers, God's goodness and His blessing. But it's in the ebb that our faith and our character is formed to handle the rush of the flow when the tide turns. So if you're on ebb faith, know that God is preparing you and giving you what you need to be able to handle what's coming. The Israelites, they failed this test, the older ones, because they couldn't handle life in the desert. They didn't want to wait. They didn't want to wait while Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the instructions for the tabernacle and the Ten Commandments. They did not want to wait. And they failed the test. Only Joshua and Caleb and their families, they were able to handle the ebb. The rest of them, what did they do? They went off and grumbled and complained and had bad attitudes. Even though the Lord was providing manna for them and their shoes did not wear out and their clothes did not wear out for 40 years, they still had grumbled and complained. Why? Because they didn't pass the ebb phase. They couldn't handle being in the desert even though they knew God had promised because they didn't believe what God had said. And so often we, we go, oh, those silly Israelites. Look at yourselves and go, well, how am I when I'm in the desert? How am I when the water's out there and there's nothing happening and all I can see is rubbish? How am I? Am I just as bad as it is like? How often have you complained this week? How often have you grumbled? I am tired of waiting. Yeah, that's the ebb phase. And so we learn a lot about ourselves in the ebb phase because life is full of waiting. Your parents waited for you to arrive. Your mother waited for you to arrive. You kicked her. You hiccuped. You kept her awake and she waited. Yeah? You wait at traffic lights. You wait in queues. You wait for your food. You wait for that special person to arrive in your life. You wait for your job or career opportunity. You're waiting to see if you make the team. You're waiting for to be paid, waiting for other people to catch up with what you're thinking or talking about. You're like, why don't you get what I'm talking about? You're waiting, 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 waiting all the time. And we can be like little kids. You know? Just, then we have a hissy fit and yeah? Am I the only one? I don't think so. <laughs> all right, so we can learn a lot about ourselves while we wait. Are we trusting God? Are we being patient and loving and kind and be nice to be around as we wait? Or do we allow ourselves to get moody and tetchy and grumpy and snappy? Do we wait with a good attitude or start to lose heart and get distracted and get sidetracked and on the wrong path with the wrong people doing the wrong things? Being unproductive and even harmful to ourselves. Do we give up while waiting or do we keep standing trusting on God's promises, expectantly waiting. Which one are we? And, you know, sometimes we can get, yeah, yeah, and we get to Wednesday and we're no longer, yeah, yeah, we're like, <clears throat> which one are we? You know, because it's in the weight, in the ebb, that God forges our character and gets us ready for what's coming. The reason why God made the Israelites wait is because he wanted to get Egypt out of them so it would not take all that belief and negativity and how they thought about themselves into the promised land because he knew if they did not get Egypt out, they would start to worship the pagan gods. They would start to do what they had been taught that those years where they were in slavery and captivity. 
And when he wants us to wait and we're in the ebb phase, it's because he's trying to get Egypt, the world, out of us. Because he knows if we take that into our promised land, the things that God has spoken and promised in his word and over us prophetically, if we don't get rid of that Egypt stuff out of us, we will ruin the promised land. We will ruin it and we'll cause it to just look like what we've come from. And so he says, I'm going to make you wait. And we can go round and round the mountain because he doesn't want us to mess up what's in front for us. You know, you're waiting for a partner. You're waiting for that great job. You're waiting for that family. You're waiting for that trip. But he is wanting to prepare and work in us so we don't mess up that relationship. So we don't mess up the children when we might be going to have. That he doesn't, we don't mess up that job opportunity or we don't miss out on the blessing that he wants to give us on that, that thing that we've been waiting for. And he holds things going, come on, <laughs> just deal with this. But we can throw a hissy and take a lot longer. The Israelites, they wandered around in circles because they would not deal with their stuff. And they would not let go of Egypt. Instead, they kept on looking back and going, well, it's better in Egypt. Why are we left here in the desert? We would have been better as slaves. And we can go, oh, but how often do we do the same thing? Why should I have to give God? I can handle this and save myself and make it happen. And God says, yeah, but I want you to give unto me. And we say, well, I could have done it my way by now. You're just being like an Israelite. We're thinking like slaves instead of walking into the promise. See, it's what we do in the ebb and our faith and who we are in God that prepares us or holds us back from what God's trying to get to us. He wanted every one of those Israelites to cross over to the promised land. That they would have messed up that land. So he said, all right, only those who are 20 years and younger, and Joshua and Caleb, will go. Because you did all sorts. When you read through Exodus, it's like, oh, they did all this stuff. And the 70 elders, they stood at the foot of the mountain, worshipping and the Lord God appeared to them and they were not struck down and they had a covenant meal with him and yet they could not even wait for 40 days for Moses to come down before they started worshipping a foreign God and, and, and you know forming something that they could form with their own hands with their jewellery come out of the fire they could not even wait 40 days and yet how often we cannot even wait a week how often are we not consistent in our walk We can learn a lot from the Israelites and from Joshua and Caleb. Which one are we going to be in the ebb? So here I have discovered, because I'm actually, the Lord has has, uh, taken me round and round the mountain several times on things that it's like, all right, we're going to learn this lesson, you know, and it's like it's inconsistency that lies the power of our faith. So who are we becoming He's more interested in who we are, our character, and what sort of man or woman we are becoming than what, and then, and what we are actually waiting for. He is more interested in what's going on in here than what you are trying to get. That is a byproduct of the blessing. He's more interested in who we are becoming. So who are you becoming as you wait? You know, there's certain things. He's always good and he wants to grant us the desires of his heart, but he also knows that some t- things take a certain amount of setup and organising to get to us. And we're like, well, just do it now, God. And he goes, yeah, but I'm actually, 
I've got a whole lot. You know, the angels are out busy setting up appointments, setting up people. If you're waiting for that perfect person to come along, well, he's working on them or her, him or her, him or her, him or her. He's working on them. You know, if you're waiting for that job, well, he's working in the background. And so much we can just see. It's like that plant and that seed that Rhea talked about. And she thought nothing was happening. And then, bang, now up they spring. It's like he is working in the behind the scenes. And he's waiting for the opportune time. It's like a baby if you're pregnant and you're going, I just want this baby to be born. You get to seven, eight months and you're fat and you're uncomfortable and you're getting kicked about. But if that baby arrived early, it's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for the mother. It's stressful and it's not, it doesn't feel as great a blessing as it could be if we had, you know, if you waited nine months and it had come at the right time. And that's what it can be like for us. We're like, God, hurry up. And he's like, I'm working on you and I'm working on that and I'm working on them and you need to just wait. Because when you wait, then that blessing comes forth and it is a full blessing. God does not do anything in halves. When he blesses us, he wants it to be complete and full and overflowing. And it's us. It's like mum talks, she tells a story to me about the butterfly. And you know, the caterpillar goes in to the, the cocoon and it grows and it grows. And if you got that cocoon because you were impatient and you pulled it apart, you would destroy the butterfly. You know why? Because that butterfly needs to form and its wings actually has to struggle a little bit to get out of the cocoon so that because it's struggled in the struggle, in the ebb phase, in the waiting, in the preparing, those wings, as he pushes and pushes to be out, that's what strengthens up those wings to fly. If we pulled it apart before it was ready, if we didn't allow it to struggle a little bit, it would not be able to fly. God does allow us sometimes to wrestle with things and to push and to pull with things. And we go, why can't you make it easy? Because he wants us to fly. And he knows that if we have to push and wrestle with things and build our faith and our muscles, we're going to be able to fly into what we have. And otherwise, we'll be like this, you know, deformed thing. We won't be all that he created us to be. We'll be half done instead of fully baked. It's like, it's, it's, the butterflies are really good because you're inside and you can't see what God is doing. And in the struggle, you can't see what God is doing. And the consistency and the dealing with your stuff and feeling like you're going round and round in circles and the consistency and the pushing through things and working through things, that is strengthening you up. So when that you are ready and you break through, because there will be a breakthrough, because there's always a flow, ebb, flow, ebb, flow, you will soar. And that's what he wanted. And that's what he wanted for the Israelites, that they would walk through the desert, that they would depend on him, that they would learn to be patient and depend on him to be their provider, that nobody else would be their God. And he would bring manna every day and he would bring quail into the camp for them and their shoes do not run out. And they had to struggle because they had to learn to trust. Trust is sometimes a struggle between our flesh and our spirit. What are we going to do? And there's always a little wrestle in ourselves. It's okay. Jacob wrestled with God. It's okay to wrestle with these things because you will have a breakthrough and the flow will come. Amen? So he wants us to grow in the weight. He wants us to become who we're created to be. He wants us to... At an appointed time, and he sharpens our character, and he refines us, and he works on us like a master craftsman does. 
And we sometimes don't enjoy that, but that's okay because God is good. And whatever he is causing you to have to walk through or wait upon or deal with, it is because he knows what's coming. And that the appointed time when he says you're ready now, then he will he'll break through. I mean, that is why Jesus has not come back yet. At the appointed time, he is waiting and waiting and waiting and wanting us to be ready as his bride and that none would perish. He's waiting and tarrying, the Father is, that we would be ready. Amen? So he wants us to grow and we're his masterpiece. And when his work is done, um, then, then it's at the appointed time. But it is... I would say, from experience, done quicker when we cooperate with him. When we're not like, you know, that little... It's like, you know, he is the, he is the potter and we are the clay. And we're spinning on the wheel and he's crafting us. But if we suddenly grew legs, that little pot, and jumped off and ran away from the potter, where we're going to be this, you know... You know, it's never, it's never, it's never going to turn out. He is the potter. I'm visual. And he is the clay... <laughs> But sometimes we're like that. He's like, got us on the potter's wheel and he's working and he's working on us and forming us and getting those bits of pokey out bits out of us so we're nice and smooth and nice to be around. And we're like, suddenly we grow legs. Can you visualise? I'm seeing this little pot with legs right now. And we jump off. And he's like, I just wanted to pour the Holy Spirit on you so because you need to be wet and, you know, nice and supple. And he's like, I'm not. I'm jumping off and running away. And how often do we do that? God's moulding us and pulling things off us. And, and sharpening us up and then he cuts something off us and we go, nah, I'm growing legs and running away. Yeah, because we don't like it when it's taking too long or when God's, you know, just got his thumb on us <laughs> and moulding us. But he knows because he's a master craftsman. Now you're going to have pots on your head with legs. <laughs> okay, so we can't have a hissy fit and run off. And unfortunately, if we do that, it's just going to take longer. It actually just takes longer. God is faithful that he will complete what he started in us. He is the hound of heaven and he's going to come after you. And you're going to run around the mountain. You're going to have your little pot and legs and run around. But you know what? He's going to catch up on you, even if it takes you your whole life. But what a waste when you could be this magnificent masterpiece and just grow from faith to faith and be all that God created you to be if you just let him work and waited on him. All right, so what do we do in the wait? What do we do in the ebb phase when it doesn't look like anything's happening? You know, when the shore goes out, and I don't know, I remember seeing a photo somewhere and uh, people had been swimming when the tide was up and in and it was like all lovely and then the tide went out and there was rubbish everywhere and, and like, you know, slime and it's like, oh, we're swimming in that. And it's like... When God allows you to be in an ebb phase, he uncovers things. And you see the rubbish and the rubble and the stuff that shouldn't be in our life. You know, when it's all flowing along and he allows us to be in that, but he, he completes and he, and he works on us and it's like, oh, I'm in this flow phase and then the ebb phase and you go, oh, I didn't know that was in my life. And it's like, yeah, but it's time now for you to see it. Because then we can get it out because then the water is going to be clearer and everything's going to be better when the flow comes along again. And so in the ebb phase, we're going to see things we don't like about ourselves, if we're honest. Okay? So what do we do? We keep a good attitude. 
God has a plan for our lives. And uh, he hasn't forgotten you. And wherever you are, just remember this. Wherever you get the ebb phase, and it's going to come. I'm warning you, it's going to come. Whenever you hit the ebb phase where you have to wait and everything looks like, is anything good going to ever happen again? I want you to just look at your attitude. We've got to watch your attitude that we remember that God is good, that he has not forgotten about us, that he sees us and that he has a plan and a hope and a future for us and it's good. So whenever you're in the ebb phase, that's the number one thing. Remember that God is good and he does not forget us and he has a plan. Have a great attitude in that. If you can focus on that truth, it'll help you and it'll shape your attitude to be able to wait it out. That's number one. Number two is strengthen yourself in God. What do we do in the ebb? We strengthen ourselves. We strengthen our faith. It's how we exercise our faith in the wait phase that determines how we will stand in faith in the flow. What are we going to do while we wait? Well, we're waiting for things and, and, you know, you're waiting for that job or you're waiting to finish school, you're waiting to finish your studies, or you're waiting for this, you're waiting for that, waiting for that perfect person to come along. What do you do? You spend time with God. You spend time in his word. You build yourself up in who he says we are. Yeah? We, pra- we, we, we grow. What is it going to take for you to grow? We strengthen ourselves in God because, you know, it's like we often think, oh, God, just move in revival. You know, revival is really busy and you actually don't have time to catch your breath hardly. The meetings go long. You're up till two o'clock at night and then, you, you know, there's other meetings the next night and it goes and goes and goes. You look at any time of great moves of God throughout history and they were running. They did not have time to draw a breath. Yeah. And we go, God, bring revival. Are we ready? I don't think so honest are you fit enough physically I don't think so when I go running that's why I run I get tired and I'll and I'll go I just want to drop this K I'm not going to run that far today and the Holy Spirit says are you ready so I run because I know when God moves I better be fit enough to be able to preach three four hours at a time I'll be able to minister and pray and be there night after night after night now, I've seen pockets of it throughout my, my time. And I know that you get tired. You don't have time. So are you ready? Are you actually ready for God to move? Are you physically fit? Is your family fit? Are you mentally and emotionally prepared? Are you, are you tanked up at the word? So if somebody comes to you, you're able to like just be able to speak the word over their life. Or you're going, oh, what's that verse? Oh, what a God. You know, does it flow out of you? Or are you having to dredge it up? Are you ready? What are you doing while we're waiting on God to move? Are you ready for that job? Are you ready for that person? Or are you, you know, you're grumpy ass on a Monday morning and somebody's going to have to live with you one day? Yeah? Are you ready for a family? I'll just call it. It's, you know, are you ready? You squeeze the toothpaste out and leave it all. <laughs> yeah? You pick out your washing and put it away yourself, you know? Like, think about these things. Are you ready? Are you ready for what you are asking God for? And can you handle it when he brings it? Or are you going to forget him? So in the ebb, we strengthen ourselves in God. We listen to good preaching. We, we, we spend time. We're tanked up on the word, so we're so strong that we're, when we get busy, we can be drawing on that. 
God get, whenever God asks you to wait, and I tell my kids this, whenever God's got you waiting and you can't do anything, you better get ready because you're going to get busy real soon. If you've got times of quiet where nothing is happening, you go, what on earth? I've got all this spare time. You better get ready because you're going to be running very soon and you're going to, not going to have the time that you have now and you're going to wish you used it better. Yeah? Every stage of life. All right, number three, deal with the rubble that is revealed in the ebb phase. While waiting, we are faced with our real self, where we have doubts and feel impatient and fearful. When you're waiting and that water goes out and there's nothing looks like it's happening and you're faced with stuff, deal with the rubble. Don't just go, oh, I'll deal with it later, because you know what that means? You're going to go round and round the mountain. You're going to be wandering in the desert longer. Because God wants to get that stuff out of us so that he can take us to what he's promised us. And he knows if we don't deal with that, that stuff's going to come up and ruin our promised land. If you don't deal with that stuff and you want to be in a relationship or you're wanting to be in this job or you're wanting to travel and if you don't deal with your insecurities and your fears and your doubt, they're going to raise their ugly head and try and mess up your promised land that God is waiting and preparing for us. So deal with the rubble. Get it out. Just get the vacuum cleaner out and get rid of it. Get in all the little crevices and, you know, get in the things that you sweep under the carpet usually. When God's got you waiting and and you're going, what are you doing? Say, all right, God, reveal to me anywhere I need to deal with. Be honest. Be real. Deal with that stuff. If you need to get help on that, you need to go and get counselling. If you need to, you know, do any of that, deal with it. If you need to get physically fit because you know you're not ready or you don't look the way you want to, then deal with it. If you know your relationships aren't great, deal with it. Okay? Because otherwise we can spend a lot of time wandering around in the ebb phase and we could be in the flow. It's going to come, but God sometimes will hold us to make us uncomfortable as a catalyst for change. He will allow you to be uncomfortable to push you. Yeah? I remember when we lived in Wembley Downs and the Lord kept on saying he wanted us to move down here and I didn't particularly want to. I liked being at the beach. I liked living in Wembley Downs. It's a nice suburb. And he was going, no, I want, I want you to move down here. I'm calling you down here. And I was like, mm. and I was digging my heels in. And the Lord allowed us to get uncomfortable. We had six children in a three-bedroomed house and then some, the roof started leaking and it leaked through Shara's room so she couldn't sleep in there. And I'm like, mm. Lord, why are you allowing that to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And in the background, I'm like, I'm allowing it because you need to move. And so I'm going to let you be uncomfortable. It's not that he was trying to bring awful stuff. It's just like, <laughs> and sometimes when we're uncomfortable, it's because we're not listening. We're not listening. Not all the time, but often. So if he, allow, he allows us to get to really uncomfortable so that we will change. Yeah? All right, so deal with the rubble. Number four, what can you focus on to grow in while you wait? Do what you can to position and prepare yourself when the flow comes. What can you do? What can you do right now? You're praying for this. You're looking at that. God said this up ahead. What can you do to position yourself to walk into those things? It may have been something that God spoke 40 years ago, and he's still working on it. What can you still do to grow and prepare yourself to be right and ready? You know, consistency is what it is. And we can go, but I've been doing that year after year. Good. 
keep doing it. Because where there's an ebb, there will be a flow. Moses was in the desert 40 years. David, he was, he was anointed king of Israel, the next king. And then where did he go? Back to the sheep, people. He went back to the sheep, playing his harp. Everybody's forgotten about me. Do, 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 do. No, he kept a good attitude and he worshipped and praised God and he was persistent. Yeah? And then the flow came. And then another ebb came and he had to hide in caves. And then a flow came. Yeah? It's like Joseph. He had all these dreams. God spoke to him and said, you're going to be a leader and your brothers are going to bow down to you. Woohoo! You know? And then where did he end up? Down a well as a slave. Thought it was going to be all right. Then got chucked in the, in the jail again for how many years? 14 years in the ebb. What did he do? Did he have a hissy fit? Did he have a stinky? No, he didn't. He rose up to be a leader in that jail. What do you do with what you can do? What you have inside of you? What are you doing? Are you preparing yourself? What are you doing? Now, Shara, she has been singing for years and years and years and years, and now she is recording. But it's, and people go, oh, you know, it's great. Lucky you. Actually, no, there's not much luck involved in it. She has worked her butt off. She, when everybody else was off, you know, doing things, she would be singing in her room. She would do the singing lessons. She would pay the money to do that. We would pay the money to do that. <laughs> but she put the hard work in of doing the scales and training her voice. It's like, that's why she's where she's at. It's like you see these bodybuilders or these, you know, the, the people that are so fit and healthy and you go, oh, I just want to be like that. You know, look at the beach and think, oh, where were they during wintertime? They were in the gym. They were saying no to the chocolate cookie. Yeah? What are you doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing when you're waiting? Are you preparing and positioning yourself or are you getting flabby? Yeah? Because summer's coming. Yeah? The flow is coming. What are you doing to be ready? Watch your words. Now, I know we're doing the 40-day word fast. How are we going with that, people? <laughs> Good. 40-day word fast. Are we being critical, gossiping, judgmental, or are we watching our words and going, you know what? I'm doing the fast. I'm not saying that. Yeah? What are we doing? Because the devil wants our words because he knows how powerful our words are. And if he can get them, he can hold things up on us. What are we doing with our words as we wait? Are we being positive? Are we being believing? Are we saying what God says about us? Or are we giving way to disappointment and impatience? And by faith and patience, we inherit the promises, Hebrew says. They're twins, dynamic twins, those two, faith and patience. Faith is yes! Yes, I've got it. God's called me to do this. God's going to say this. I'm going to travel the world. I've got this awesome partner. I've got this, you know, my bank's paid overflowing. My account's overflowing. My house is paid off or blah, blah, blah. Whatever you're believing for, that's your faith. Grabs hold of that. What does patience do? It holds your faith in place. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That's what's got to work in the ebb. Yeah? What are you saying while you wait? Are you that grumpy, grumbling person? by Wednesday or are you going I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord I'm going to speak words of faith and hope it's what we do consistently that matters in the ebb phase are we getting rid of the rubble or are we just going oh I'm just going to lie here and I have a pity party in the rubble yeah nearly there be faithful 
If we are care, if we are faithful to the measure we do have in an area, God will bring the increase. Are we being faithful in doing and being the best we can be with what we already have? Luke 16 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. What are you doing with what you've already got? Are you making the most of it? Are you sharing your faith? Are you being generous with the money you do have? Are you being careful to stay out of debt? Are you being kind to the people in your life already? Because why would God bring somebody else along if you're tetchy and grumpy with the people you already got? Why would he bring some amazing person into your world, some amazing friend or the person you're praying for or the job and you're going to screw it up? Why would he do that? He wants us to be faithful in what we already have. What are we doing with it already? If you're renting a house, how do you look after it? If you're already in a job, are you thankful for it? Are you doing the best you can do? If you already have kids, how are you being with them? If you already have friends, do you honour them? What are you doing with what you already have? Because if you're faithful with the little you have, God will bless you with more. Yeah? Straight up, but that's a, that's a word. Get around encouraging people. It's really important when you're in the ebb phase, do not hang out with the grumblies. That's what the 70 made a mistake. They went back down and hung out with the grumblies. Joshua was the only one who stood apart. The grumblies. <laughs> yeah? Because they will take us down. I love how Nehemiah says, and they were calling for him to come down off the wall, and he says, I will not come down. I am doing a great work here, and I don't have time for you. They were trying to bring him down. They were yelling insults at him and they were their the enemies. And, and it's like, he says, I am doing a great work and I am not coming down. Stay away from the grumbly people and hang out with the encouraging ones. You'll see them. The encouraging ones, they're the ones that are smiling at the party. You know, they're happy. They look fit. They look healthy. The grumblies are the ones that are flabby and grumpy and whispering and and telling you how the government's terrible and the weather's bad and, and everything's broke. My dog's died. My truck's broke. Yeah? Watch out for the grumblies and don't be one of them. And if you know that you are, go, God, deal with my heart. Deal with my heart and help me. Send me some person who is good at this and let them be my disciple. If you know, if you know that you've got an issue here, then hang around somebody and say, you know what? You look, you look so positive. You're so, like, you know, cool <laughs> and got it together in this area. Can you just disciple me? Can I just make myself accountable to you and learn from them? Because you emulate and become who you hang around with. You hang around with the grumpy grumblers who are impatient and, and never expect anything good, that's what you will become. If you hang around with the faithful, positive, awesome people, then that's what you become. That's why I listen. You know, I love uh, – Joel Austin is really easy to listen to. So if I am low on energy, I'll just pop him on because that man, he smiles like this. Yeah, and, and it's like he's so American, but it doesn't matter. Have a good attitude and just listen to him. He's the most positive person around, you know, and he's just like, you can do this and you're awesome and God's got a plan for you. Listen. Listen to people like that, not the ones that are like, the end is nigh. <laughs> Doom and gloom. They're all sinners. 
Why on earth would you hang out with people like that? That's religion. Listen to them, positive, encouraging people, and that's what you, they'll undergird you. They'll strengthen you. Yeah? There's some awesome people sitting next to you right now that are positive people. They're full of faith. They've got stories to tell. Yeah, they've got testimonies to share of how good God is. Hang around with those people because otherwise you could end up walking around in the desert like the grumbly Israelites and you miss out. That's one. Praise God for the breakthrough, the flow. Think, speak and expect it. David praised God when he was tending out with the sheep, even though he was anointed the next king and they'd all forgotten about him again. He was out there praising the Lord, yeah, practicing his skills. That's why he was able to take down Goliath because when he went back to the field, he kept on preparing and positioning himself. What are you doing? Praise the Lord while you're waiting. When the ebb's on, just, Lord, I thank you that the flow's coming, that good stuff's coming, that increase is on the way, that you are faithful to your word, that your promises are yes and amen, that you are my healer, you're my deliverer, you're my, you, you, you know, you just give me good things. I expect it. What are you saying? What are you expecting? If God did it right now for you, the things that you have believing in your heart, what would you do? Have you got a happy dance ready? Oh, come on, show me your happy dance. Come on, come on, over here. <laughs> over here to the camera. <laughs> that was cool. For those online, you missed it. I like that. Yeah, we've got to have a happy dance ready, people. And when, and when we're praising the Lord, that we just yahoo, like just for those online, just because you missed out. You know, like yahoo, because that, think and act and expect, what would you do if, uh, oh, stand up. Stand up. <laughs> if, uh, online, stand up. Out of your beds, out of where, stop the car, get out on the footpath. <laughs> what would you do? How would you be? If God, the things that you're believing and... Where are you going, Naomi? Because <laughs> God wants us to think and act and speak like the things that we are believing and praying and asking and hoping in the ebb. It's so important that we get this, but I tell you what, because when we get the flow, we are going to praise Him like we should. We're going to pra- praise Him. But if we're not used to doing it in the ebb, we're just like... And who's going to see that? And how are we going to glorify God if we're just like, oh, just we just fix our eyes on so, Jesus today. I want you to lift her up. What you say will yeah, I cannot show you. <laughs> just lift up your eyes. <laughs> and I've been in the gym yesterday. <laughs> it's like, all right. How am I going to do this? <laughs> we don't even need music. All right. What would you do right now? Close your eyes and think about the thing that you're believing and praying for. Or the person that you're believing and praying for. Come on, we'll get real. (laughs) All those single Pringles. Or that house being paid off. Or that ultimate job coming into the hand. Or that baby you've been waiting on. Or the kids just been absolutely spectacularly behaved all week. Yeah. Or your husband or your wife or your spouse or partner just being, you know, the things that you God just work in this. Now, what would your face look like if right now God just went bang and the flow came and that, that happened? What would you say? I want to hear it. 
Come on now. Just let it out. <laughs> Come on, where's that happy dance? <laughs> we'd go, thank you, God, and we'd do a jump. Come on, you would. Come on now. You'd do your happy dance again. Let it rip because what we do, it says sing, O barren one. It says sing and, and extend it out. So come on, let it out. What would you do? You're too quiet, people. <laughs> Woo! You would shout and thank God. Woohoo! All right, here we go again. We're going to shout because that's what it says to do. It's to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now, that's great, but come on, let it out. So shout unto God with a voice of triumph because He is bringing the flow. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. And I want you to do your happy dance. Just let it crank out. Here it comes. You ready? One, two, three. Shout. Woohoo! Well done. <laughs> I like Mike's happy dance. All right, you can be seated. <laughs> That's what I want you to do when you get out of bed tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. That's what I want you to do before you go to bed tonight. <laughs> yeah, you can have your little happy dance around the room. It's like that's what God wants us to be like, that we would sing even when we feel barren, even when it doesn't look like anything is happening, that we would praise Him like we know we should that we would let out a shout of triumph because you know what? It sends the enemy running and it brings the angelic into our world. When we speak and praise like we know we should and we, and look, do you feel better? Come on. It energizes our spirit and it activates our faith and then faith and patience will do its work and we will inherit the promises of God. Everything that is in His Word is yes and amen to us. So when your faith and when the enemy comes at you and you feel like sort of flood, you just push him back. You say, I'm going to praise him. I thank you, Jesus. And you speak the word and you think and you act and see it coming to pass. And it will come to pass in our lives because God is faithful. He is good. And where there's an ebb, there is a flow on the way. Amen. Yep. I just had a funny vision as we were doing this. Um, you know, we're reminded of David who, who, who danced around in his underpants. I don't think that was going to be appropriate for all of us. But, um, you know, the onlookers always looked at him with a, a down, down face, you know, when he jumped around in his underpants. So, you know, don't worry about what other people think. That's right. God is good. And, uh, yeah, he's good. So let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that wherever there's an ebb, you are working in us, Lord. And we ask that if we're in that phase or when it's coming next time round, <clears throat> that you would help us to have a great attitude, to strengthen ourselves in you, Lord, to work on our stuff and get rid of the rubble in our lives, to hang around great people, Lord. We thank you for the people around us right now. And, uh, Lord, that we would watch the words we speak and that we would praise you like we should, Lord, that we would think and act and believe and speak because we know your promises are true, Lord, that our words, our first words, will be words of faith and, and hope and love, Lord. 
and uh, we thank you that you're such a good God. We thank you when the flow comes, it is a time to rejoice and to thank you. And uh, we thank you for the flow, but we also thank you for the ebb because that's where we get real strong. And we thank you for all that you're doing in us, all that is coming. We thank you for a great week, Lord, and that we're going to praise you. We're going to speak words of faith. We're going to energize ourselves anew and, and we're going to hang around with great people, Lord. And we, and we pray that you'd work in our lives, Lord. And, and create in us a clean heart and that we would be the people that would, yeah, climb those mountaintops, Lord, and not run around in the desert too long. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. Amen.